The Flicks Book Club. The Flicks Book Club. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Hey, welcome to the Flicks Book Club. My name is Steve McDonald. I'm Casey Aurora. Hey, it's Dennis Rooney. Uh, the movie that we watched this week was Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It's from 2002. It was directed by Mr. George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from a book uh, written by Chuck Barris, and the screenplay was actually done by Charlie Kaufman, Yeah, uh, who did Adaptation and Being John Malkovich right. and a number of other weird movies uh, that are all kind of delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie is about a, it's, it's adapted from the memoir of Chuck Berry. The unauthorized biography. The unauthorized Chuck biography. Barry. Chuck Barris. Chuck I'm Barry's sorry. a famous good, this would be a totally different movie. That's right. true. <laughs> uh, or it was a really unauthorized autobiography. <laughs> it really took a lot of privilege with the took story of Chuck Berry. <laughs> didn't didn't <laughs> even ask. It's the story of Chuck Barris. Uh, he was the creator of The Dating Game. He also created The Newlyweds and The Gong Show. Those are kind of the big ones that he had, but he also had another, like, 20 shows. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of the king of the game show in the in the 70s. Right. Uh 60s and the 70s, I would probably yes. say. And uh, and what this, what this story can, uh, entails is that he was secretly a... CIA operative spy mm-hmm. who was tasked with killing people all over the world uh, for the CIA. Assassinations, Stephen, please. Yes. Assassinations, right. if you will. If you were to put it in one word. If right. we were to put it in one <laughs> word. An assassin. To, An kill, assassin. <laughs> to kill a guy. Uh, so so the, the story takes place over the course of essentially his entire adult life uh, from when he got like kind of brought into this world of that he could be a... Uh, an assassin to uh, kind of the end of his run of game shows. Right. Uh, which the last big one was the gong show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the big thing to me that I think is interesting is, is that nobody knows if this is true or not. Right. Because the government won't say anything. He wrote this thing. And is this why you knows. picked it? Um, no. The reason why I picked it is because I've seen it uh, before. Right. And I know that Dennis wanted to see it. Uh-huh. And I just like it as a movie like sure. i think it's a really good movie i've thought that since i initially saw it right uh so i wanted to bring something that i had that i enjoyed to the podcast uh-huh. um so my my vote is stream it i still i think it holds up dennis when I saw no it. you first why Casey. i called you out first <laughs> I have, you can't just call me out yeah, first. I, I have a set opinion set in stone about this film you're not going to sway me so go ahead okay i said don't stream it oh uh, yeah <laughs> This guy. Why? I just, you know, I everything about this movie tells me, you know, everything about the movie says I should like it, but I just wasn't, you know, I don't. It wasn't quite Noah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it was Noah. I just think that it, I just didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah keep in your opinion. Right. Last week, Casey was the only one to say Noah. Okay. And what it. do you what do you say about this movie? Hard stream it. This is right. a great movie. Yeah, I know you. It was a really it. fun movie. It's, right. it's a really good. I can't wait to talk about it. Okay. Okay. We'll be back in just a sec. Also, check out FlixBookClub.com. Go. The penalty for this disgusting. Un-American behavior is one year in prison or $10,000 fine or both. Anyone making a sick, submersive remark tonight will be arrested immediately. 
way. I then will personally escort the offender to federal prison for booking under Edict Number Three Six Four of the Broadcasting Act of 1963. And it's a long drive to that prison, baby. Just you and me. And we're back. Okay, okay. so I'm not letting you go into why you hated it first. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm going into why. I, I want to know why Dennis liked it. Okay. I want to know initially. That's fair. Usually it starts Dennis with me ranting it. and raving. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not letting you kill this movie off the bat. <laughs> we're not going to get. This movie. This movie was Clooney's directorial debut, mm. and uh, I don't know if I've seen other movies that he's directed, but now I want to. Good night and good luck. Never seen it. Never seen it either. But uh, um, this movie, you know how a, a lot of movies, not a lot, but sometimes you see a movie and I'll have a gripe about it where I'll say, this movie tried to do a lot of things and it didn't do any of them right. Like it didn't put all its eggs into any baskets. It was spread too thin. This movie tried to do so many things. There were seven different styles of film, I felt like, in this movie, and they were all great, and they were woven together fantastically, and it was it was paced well. It looked great. Sam Rockwell is amazing. Oh, Sam Rockwell's incredible. I think he's one of the yeah. best actors like, yes. of our Hands down. generation. He's not he's, my generation, but you know. Right. Yeah, Sam Rockwell is definitely, like, I feel like he's gotten a lot, <coughs> excuse me, he's gotten a lot more that, like, like limelight, Recently, mm. like people are paying attention to him more because he was in Moon and he yeah. was in, uh, he was in the second Iron Man movie and he was kind of fun in that. So it was at least like he got a bigger audience to pay attention to him. But he is an underrated actor and a fantastic dancer. <laughs> <laughs> every movie he's in, he throws that in. Someone did. Someone pointed that out, I think, on Reddit. And now every time I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, he's dancing. He's <laughs> always dancing. Right. He's a great dancer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This. Oh, I, I, I'm a little surprised that you didn't like this movie. It's I know that you like to dislike good things. No, I don't. It's not <laughs> the case. <laughs> it's not the case. I watched the movie and I was like, oh, okay, all right. You know, the cinematography is good. Um, the cinematography is gorgeous. Uh, yeah, that was good. Um, you know, Sam Rockwell, absolutely incredible. You know, really does an amazing job when he starts to unravel. Okay, did you think the story was cool? Uh, the story was. The story was even cool too. It's, it's All right, so we got a cool story, great actors, and a great direction and shooting style and right, cinematography. Right. So wh- what, what happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you just named like all the things I've in the got, movie. I've oh, the the costumes were really good. I had a problem with the makeup. Right. They looked too like normal people. <laughs> I've I've got two words for it. Drew Barrymore. Just the biggest. No, I'm no. She was even, even fine. She was. I mean, yeah, she, she just plays fun. Drew Barrymore. The right. cute, you know, kind of. Yeah. You know, but she did great. It's it would have been more fun, I will say, and I know this isn't like what the book was, but I, it would have been way more fun if I found out that Drew Barrymore, Barrymore was in the mole by the end. Right. If it was like, if it was like, I'm a spy. Also, I would have been I, like, oh, twist. I yeah, wouldn't. But, have, I wouldn't have liked that. That would have ruined it for me. You know, the that thing is, take, it's the that's end. what's a, the cool. Another cool thing about this movie is, like Stephen said, it just plays enough where it's like, yeah, this could be true. If yeah, a guy has right. a high enough profile in Hollywood and he was a CIA killer, the government wouldn't really be able to do anything about it, probably, because he's now put everything down on paper. Well, and they also, that the, the most hilarious thing to me is is that when you actually look into, like, the dating game where they took them to, like, these weird countries, is that they took them to weird countries. They didn't take yeah. them. It wasn't like, you're going to Hawaii. Yeah, it was like... It was like, you're going to West Germany. West Germany. That was right. so funny that, yeah. like... Because <laughs> they didn't like, even why? think about it until they get there and you just see them walking around miserable in West <laughs> yeah. Germany. Yeah. That's great. 
And you know the thing is, it's everything about the excuse me. Yeah, everything excuse about me. the uh, movie is a solid. It's just, you know, man. Uh, first of all, the ending. I didn't really care for the ending. I just kind of like nothing really happens. He just kind of. He's like, yeah, I, he tells Drew Barrymore when he decides to finally settle down with her, oh, you know, um, I've killed several people, and I've worked for the CIA. And she More just, than several. He, yeah, many, like many people. 33. 33 people, and uh, she just laughs it off like it's nothing. And he goes from being completely unhinged into a hotel room and just decides to clean up his life and get married. And, you know, it, it, it's like... Because right. nothing happens. He freaks out. He locks himself up in the hotel room. He's kind of right. waiting for what's going to happen. And, you know, it all kind of fizzles out. And then at his wedding, he sees guys who look very suspicious. They were other uh, other assassins, I believe. Or people who've been, who died. People or, who yeah, died. people who were dead. That's yeah. what it was. And the big question throughout the entire movie, like, when you get to this idea of, like, nobody knows if this is true or not, is whether, like, Chuck Barris is just messing with the entire audience of this book. Right. Where he's just like, you know what would be really fun? Yeah. As if I did this. Or if he is, if he has like, if he literally has mental problems and he thinks that he did all these things, much in the same way of like a beautiful mind or something like that. Yeah. Like there's people that he talks to that don't exist. Mm. And then there's also this question as to whether it's like he was just on drugs the whole time. Well, he definitely had like a drug and alcohol problem, which right. they didn't yeah. really go into. No, And I'm didn't. happy they didn't because sometimes it's just. Because why get to the reality of the situation? When we could completely uh, I'm, the reality I'm just saying Shut up <laughs> I mean the thing No is, because You don't need to always see It's almost like a crutch now That like so many characters Have drug and alcohol problems right. Even superheroes Now have like drug and alcohol problems That's true I don't always need it The guy Listen the guy was a Hollywood dude in the 70s Yeah he's drinking a lot And he's probably doing blow And all kinds of stuff I don't yeah. need to Dilute the story with that you And know Sam what I Rockwell mean? does a great job Of to, characterizing that I have that to really admit well. When you bring up When you bring up the idea Of a bunch of people In the 70s Doing blow in Hollywood I literally had a moment Where I was like Looking around During the wedding scene Being like Where is Shep Gordon uh, like where needs, was Shep? Like throughout yeah. the entire thing, I was like, these guys had to know each other. Of course, and they had to run in the same circle. Like they had to run in the same circle. The Superman, too amazing. Yeah. Um. Probably gave the me, best wedding gift. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. To me, uh, like I thought, I think that that is that that thing of like we don't know whether it's real made the movie fun mm -hmm. because it took this story of just like the guy who ran these kind of things and it just was like, wait a minute, right. What like like it just turned the complete thing on its head of being like this is the most insane story ever if it's true an all star cast that are doing a really good job of being supportive you know in terms of their roles George Clooney plays the CIA like uh, contact Jim yeah. yep. who re who recruits uh, Chuck Barris which by the way the man looks good with a mustache right oh he looks incredible he looks good with or without with a mustache. anything he looks good all the time but yeah. I had a moment some people cannot pull off a mustache well right and George Clooney he looks kind of like a faithful loyal it's funny that you brought this up he looks like a faithful loyal dog with a mustache like there's yeah. a scene of there's the scene where he's I, sitting I on the that. diving board and he's kind of just got this face kind of scrunched yeah. up like he just an, looks like, like he's about to go like an old scottish terrier yeah exactly that's, yeah. perfect a yeah. scottish terrier that's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is maybe that might have been his inspiration in maybe. terms of playing the role you know like sometimes they uh, take upon animals as, as like character things yeah uh, you know the thing is it's just the movie is it's a good movie by all accounts i just can't 
I don't know, man. There was just something about it that just didn't really kind of make me go, oh, this is a movie I'd recommend to people. I to would watch. totally recommend this movie to people. How are you going to recommend Noah to people see, and not this movie? I this, would recommend, this is my thing is, I would recommend this movie to people simply right. because there there's certain aspects of it where it's like after I watched it the first time as a filmmaker, I looked at it and I was like, there are such good directorial moments in this mm-hmm. that I have to know how they did it. Yeah. And so... All of the different stuff where there's there's a number of scenes where like Sam Rockwell is pacing back and forth and there's a dolly shot that's just tracking him going back and forth mm. and then the and then the set will change behind him. Right. Like there's a moment when there, there's been a painting on the wall or whatever and then the dating game gets picked up on the phone and he comes back and there's like the whole dating game set there. Yeah. Right. And then and then he comes back to the left and then they come back and the wall is back. All of that was done practically. Oh, of okay. course. They yeah. literally, they literally built a wall that moved and moved everything out of the way, and then had the whole set behind it. The entire thing where they're like coming towards a door and it opens up, and they're at like the newlywed game or whatever. Yeah. Like that, all of that was done practically. The scene in, in which uh, George Clooney's uh, Jim is talking to Chuck about, you know, you got to find the mole, and George Clooney's sitting at the on the diving board, and then you, it's slowly revealed that he's actually been shot and he's been killed. And he's bleeding and out. And he's bleeding out. And the pool is covered with blood. That image is great. It's I fantastic. had a little problem with that scene. Why? It looked cool. It definitely looked great and stuff. But uh, when that happened, they choose to not show you Barris shooting Jim. It just cuts over, like from over Jim's shoulder and then cuts to Chuck's perspective. And then you see blood in the pool, presumably bleeding down his leg through his... Pant. I didn't know that stuff like no, this no, no. will bother me. Wait, in a Chuck film. wasn't. I didn't think Chuck shot him. Chuck didn't. It, yeah, he was already shot. Right, he and was, he was sitting on that. He was sitting on the diving board, and Chuck Barris thought that he was that he was there to kill him. Yeah, and so he was holding a gun. To I don't him. think that's true. Why do you think that he was already shot when he got there? Where did he come from? How, he gets shot, and he goes to Chuck Barris's house to sit on the diving board. Yeah, because, to, tell him, because to give him this message, possibly bleeding out before Chuck no, no, Barris because, gets there. Because I'm pretty sure Chuck shoots him, but they just shot it in a no, way because, where it's like uh, because. What's her face? The oh my god, Julia, Julia, Roberts, Julia Roberts, who's also in the movie and does a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everybody really does a great yeah, job. Yeah, they all do movie. a really solid job. You know Which who did a bad me, job? Yeah, nobody. Right. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess me for not liking it. I mean, that's that. My main thing, like, there's such great little jokes and stuff like that. Also, just hitting throughout funny. the entire thing, where yeah. they, where like when they're playing the dating game and the the guy who ends up being a Russian spy, mm. yeah, is that it's like they pan past the two people that he's n- that are that the lady is not picking, and it's Brad Pitt, yeah, and uh, Matt Damon, and Matt yeah, Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> fantastic cameos, yeah. yeah. Well, and I love that when I look at the when I look at the movie throughout it I just had this moment where I was watching it and I was just like man he was making this at the same time as Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. like because he had because oh, all right. of these different people were like lightly involved you know like they were in Ocean's Eleven and he also has said in different interviews George Clooney's whole thing is is that he'll sign on for movies that are these huge blockbuster pictures so that he can get other movies made yeah, like mm-hmm. he made like he made um, he made Ocean's Twelve so that the so that they would give him money to make Good Night and Good Luck, right? And and release it, 
and he made Ocean's 13 for some other movie where it was like he wanted releasing for Syriana or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and he just and he does just these like horse things. traded it where he was like, okay, I'll do this movie for you. I'll take less money on he's it. He's an artist. But you have yeah. to release Yeah, he's this an artist. Thing. A lot of people took pay cuts. I think Julia Roberts, like everyone. I'm sure he just called up his friends. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt, I mean, Damon, yeah, George point. Clooney are friends. Julia Roberts, I'm sure they're friends. It's just like, hey, Julia, I mean, like, you know, this is, she had a more involved scene in this. She plays uh, one of the assassins as yeah. well. And it's later revealed that she's the mole. Yeah. And, uh, you See, know. the two scenes I had problems with just from the way they shot it and probably me being a dummy is one, and I'm still not sold on that, that, that uh, Jim was shot when he got there and Chuck Barris comes across him. I think Chuck shoots him, but they just show they don't show him shooting him. But yeah. also, after he's bleeding, he's bleeding into the pool enough and he's still sitting on the diving board, he should be falling over. He should be in the pool or something. These are minor things. No, but he's, these slumped, are over, hang, he's slumped over his center of gravity. He's slumped over, but a, a, a guy shot and now presumably dead on a diving board. Is dying, not, not dead. He's dying. At it's that point, when you see the blood... Because when we get there, there's no blood in the pool. Right. Well, and also, they might have shot... I mean, to be completely honest, they may have shot an entire sequence where he fell into the pool and then there were like gorgeous shots of him like sinking to the bottom with blood and everything yeah, like that right. and then they just cut it out of the movie. Yeah. They I might mean, have had a shot but of you could be them explaining who shot Jim right. and cut yeah, it out to be have, like, screw these people. Yeah, this, let them talk about it's it. It's just some guy standing there reading production notes. <laughs> <laughs> and George like, we should probably edit this out. Yeah, it's well, a bad idea. And, yeah, it's a bad and, idea. Yeah. And the other it's Don scene. Cheadle reading production <laughs> notes. <laughs> the other scene I had an issue with was uh, the one of the last scenes with Julia Roberts where we find out she's the mole and right. she goes to poison him. Mm -hmm. And the way they show it is that she sets down the tea. Right. He switches it because he sees it coming. Mm -hmm. But then she switches it back and then they drink their respective teas and she dies. Like he fakes the death and she really dies. No, no, no. What he does what is... What happened there? What he does is is that... I watched it twice. Of, I rewound it. I still didn't instead get of, it. Instead of turning, instead of switching the cups, he makes it look like he switched the cups. So that she looks at it and goes, he, he switched, switched the, the cups, cups and right. she switches it back. And then she actually, actually switches, switches the cups. It. Okay. Right. So, so all so he did she was ended just, up with the poison one. All he did was just turn the milk around, but not rotate the tape, uh, rotate the thing. And uh, so this way it looks like the and table's moved been the turned. Sugar cube. And he moved the sugar cube. So this way the indicator was that. So then when she switches it back, uh, that that's what makes him go. You know what I mean? Like you had to think about it a couple times because it's sort of like... In, <laughs> <laughs> in Die Hard 3, when they try to figure out you got to get four gallons of water between the three-gallon jug and the five-gallon jug. I mean, I wouldn't compare those that, two. They do that wrong, by the way. Oh, well, that's... In the movie. Oh, you mean okay. they, they answer it wrong, or they actually, when you see them physically doing it with the jugs, it's wrong? Like They they answer the problem wrong in that movie. That's a completely different I don't thing think that's that. true either, Steven. No, that I don't agree with. Yeah, but, I don't agree with that either. But, uh, and that's something we had to discuss off off. Off cast. Okay, a couple of <laughs> a couple of philosophical questions I got for you guys. I love it when you get philosophical on us. Now... He says that he gets picked for this CIA assassin internship thing because he fits the profile. Yes. Because his mom raised him as a girl for the first couple of years until... George Clooney brings this up towards the end of the movie when George Clooney, when Jim, his character, is dying and sitting on the edge of the pool. Yeah. Just so yeah. that people know. Listen, I want to tell you about your childhood, but I don't want to tell you who shot me just right. now. Right, right. I have a hang up with that. I don't think I think I Chuck don't think that him. I don't think that he And I don't want to go on about he it. He doesn't I'm know sorry. <laughs> because he says because he says you got to find the mole. If if he if he has his last few minutes of dying and he's like, "Hey, listen, you got to find the mole." I know who it is, but let's keep this game going, huh? It doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. I think Chuck shoots him. Yeah, but then he would have he would have shot Chuck. 
You know, he's still sitting there after the bleeding uh, is happening. It doesn't make sense. Do well, because I think that's why he was he was shot when he got there. Is that and and Julia Roberts brings it up is that Julia Roberts says that George Clooney's character thought the mole was Chuck, right? right? And so what happened was was that he got shot, went to Chuck's house, and it was essentially like you're not the mole. Yeah, but why would he get shot and go to Chuck's house? If he has the time and energy to go to Chuck's house, go get fixed up. You're an assassin. Yeah, but he's been he's been shot gravely. The injury. Gravely, but he's got time to go and let me get situated on this diving board here. I'm gonna so be honest, it looks I, cool. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I'm not gonna go in and lay down on the couch right. or get in the bathtub where this could help out a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna get situated on this diving board, make it look real cool. Oh, let me turn on these uh these low lights here yeah. for him so that when he comes home, he knows to come in the No, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Alright, so <laughs> I'm be honest, him sitting there at the edge of that dive board. <laughs> a diving board's a very shaky piece. It's a plank, man. <laughs> yeah, this guy's shot and he's walking around <laughs> under the diving board and he's not yeah, bleeding anywhere else. Boards, yeah. Most diving boards on like at like personal like in-ground pools are really crappy and they're really stiff, okay? That's right. true. And it's just, it's him like saying, he's like, all right, cool, I'm going to sit here and wait. <laughs> and there's Like, God forbid he sat down and then he was like, oh, I got to take a yeah, <laughs> it's like how are you gonna well, stand I mean, back at that or, point? Or he just fell in, pants, so. and he had to get like a change of clothes <laughs> from the trunk what of if, his car. What if that's what it cuts to? It cuts yeah. from back over Jim's shoulder to to Barris's perspective, and Clooney's just like he's got his thing out, just piddling in the pool yeah. <laughs> silently yeah. instead of the blood. Yeah. All right, so hold on. So uh, Chuck Barris fits the profile of a killer because his mom raises him as a girl, and he's got se- you know he's kind of a he's not really a sexual deviant. But he's a horny dude. Right. Well, he's and, got, uh, he has but he has issues. He's got issues. I don't think the sexual deviancy is what makes him uh, fit the profile. No, of a I think it's like killer. a side effect of the mom thing. Yeah, but that's I think then a lot of people have that aspect. Not being raised as a girl, but I think that like people have like sexual deviances, but that doesn't make them. I mean, it, it's like a small ingredient, man. It's like yeah, well, his, no, it's I'm like the nutmeg the of mom, ingredients. The mom being insane and raising him as a as a girl for a while makes him a great killer but it right. also makes him a little bit of a sexual deviant I don't really think he is a sexual deviant yeah well, I don't think so but either. the first thing you do see is a young Michael Sarah as Chuck Barris getting this other like nine year old girl to try and lick his thing because it right. tastes like strawberry ice cream which which comes up back again with a fantastic joke he goes to her place knocks <laughs> on the door and she's like well if it isn't strawberry dick Barris right and then he goes I was just in town I was just wondering you know maybe if you wanted to go out for some ice cream yeah <laughs> she slams the door because she's holding a baby, yeah. which is great. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, no, and I think that that is actually the. It's not the um, strictly the raising him as a girl, and it's not strictly the uh, like a sexual deviancy thing. What he's talking about throughout that entire opening is nobody ever loving him, right? And yeah. nobody ever wanting him. And he says, "Will like these? Will these creatures ever want me the same way I want them?" And yeah. it just shows him having a lot of trouble with the ladies. And you know? and like and essentially like what they kind of like circle back with, where it's like he's at one point he's like with a prostitute who's singing him happy birthday and then raising yeah. a veil, and then you find out by the end that that's supposed to be his mom. Is that it's kind of this thing of like throughout his entire life he's never gotten like a proper amount of love from right. any female character mm. or like like female presence in his life which is which i think is supposed to be the thing that kind of like sparks him as being something that is like he doesn't have any ties to anybody he doesn't have like he doesn't have a wife he doesn't seem like he wants a wife because he's actively trying to like just consistently get approval from women around him mm-hmm. is supposed to be the thing that like makes him right for being no th- an assassin. I, th- I thought the major thing was the fact that his mom had an affair with a serial killer 
was the major thing. Mm, I think they were just kind of alluding. I mean, he didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't know that, but that's... Yeah, I know he didn't know that. He just finds out later, and I think it's one of those things where it's like... You think it's, it's kind of in your blood, kid. You, think you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're they're covering both bases of nurture versus nature. Yeah, I think they're I think just that's yeah, what they're you know. doing. So it's like it's kind of like, oh, hey, you've got all these things, and then you know, at, in one aspect, it's like, oh, yeah, also, uh, you're the son of a serial killer. Yeah. And I think well, it kind of felt like it was thrown in in a way. You they know also what I mean? bring in they also bring in that moment when uh, when he's talking to the other assassin. Who he takes a picture of while strangling uh, yeah, <laughs> the guy in skis, which is an amazing scene. Right. Um, but when when the two of them are sitting in the bar mm-hmm. before the guy quote unquote kills himself, yeah, uh, is that when they're sitting in a bar, the guy brings up like, "Why do we do what we do? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we enjoy killing?" Yeah. And he has this entire thing of like, it started in World War Two, and he's st- like, he killed he killed people, and then. He equates it, his first kill to his first time making love. Yeah, and that it's like the rush and the thrill of the entire thing, of his first kill, and he remembers every single thing about it, and that he could never get that back, and was always kind of chasing after that. And uh, and and the funny thing is, is that that's kind of the thing that it's, you know, almost, almost in an addictive way, mm-hmm. is the thing that follows throughout Chuck Barris's story is that he is that he like can never fully come to grips with the first person that he killed. Yes. Where right, it's right. The, it, they consistently come back to the first guy that he killed in Mexico and uh, which is by the way an amazing set of scenes. Yes. Um I and love the flashbacks that to it are great too. Yeah. Yeah, and the flashbacks to it are great and all of these different, you know, devices that were used you know, this movie uses flashbacks amazingly. Right. Like, Charlie Kaufman manages to, you know, he jokes about it in the movie, in uh, the movie adaptation where flashbacks are, like, stupid mm-hmm. and internal monologue is stupid. And Maybe like, it's just him calling himself out in a hilarious way. If you think well, no, it. and that's kind of what it is, is right. that, like, Charlie Kaufman's just really good, is, is just a really good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, those things can be used cheaply, but they're not in this film. No, you know? and that's the thing, is that they're, like, everything is kind of woven together really beautifully which is always like that's always the thing that i loved about it was was that to me the movie is very balanced in like it's not just about an assassin it's not just about a guy it's not just about a game show host it's not just about like this like you know devolving into insanity that this guy has is Mm -hmm. that it's it's very nuanced in its approach Mm -hmm. but all of the all of the different parts create a much stronger whole yeah, he really does. Like I said earlier, I mean, this film has a lot of different feelings to it. There's times where I was like very, I wouldn't say I was near tears, but there were times that really got to me. There were times that were super dark when his mom, when you find out that he was raised as a girl, that's yeah. kind of like, that's dark. Right. And it was a very serious yeah. scene. And then there's really lighthearted, funny scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's well balanced. What's what's an example of a lighthearted, funny scene? I'll, I'll t- I got one on my hip ready to go and right. the best part about it is it's an actual clip from the dating game they okay. throw it in when a woman a woman is asked uh, it might have been the newlywed game it's the where newlywed was the game. is the newlywed game it's the newlywed where game. is the strangest place you've ever felt the urge to make love and she goes in the ass right yes and like st- stuff like that i mean drew barrymore being so dumb and trying to put interpret on the yeah. p- like it's it's a great. I don't know, man. I, I really think, like this. Film. I think you know one of the best things, like with this mixture of like funny and dark mm-hmm. that they have, is that almost every time that he kills somebody, yeah, there's something hilarious around yeah. it. 
mm-hmm. like the like the first guy in Mexico is that he's like trying to speak to him and like as, where he's like ha- like he like can't speak Spanish and is trying to like no no wait 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 and he's like using wrong words and stuff yeah, like that right. and then pulls a gun on him. The guy that he kills the where they hand off the package in the alleyway mm-hmm. is that he he raises the gun up and hits the guy in the face with it. Yeah. And you can't even see yeah it that happening. was really funny and he's like oh man I'm sorry about your teeth and then shoots him is that it's like i i love that like you know with the with the guy with this with the skis is that it's ridiculous and the whole hilarious. aspect is watching him get killed and you only the only action you see is through the skis yeah and that's it you don't see like the the murdering hap- happening you just see it uh acted out through the guy's response by his feet which is incredible. Yeah. yeah, and I think to me, you know, that's there's a lot of incredible things in this movie, Casey, for yeah, a movie right. you don't like. Yeah, no, you know the thing is, and I'm thinking about how the best way to describe it to to uh, this why I don't feel like this. I would recommend this movie to people. It's you, man. such a jerk. It's like you sit there. It's like going to a nice restaurant, and it's like you, the the you know the setting of the restaurant's great. The the table construct is solid. George it's, Clooney's at the next table. It's not a wobbly table whatsoever. <laughs> Don Cheadle gives you a nod from the bar. Uh, Raises you know. his glass. Hey, Cheadle. Yeah, and you know uh, what's he called? the The food is fantastic. The plating is great. All those things, and then you get the bill, and you're like, it wasn't really worth it. And that's what I think the ending to me kind of does. And I, you know, I never felt like the ending was. You know how we. I'll give you that. I think the ending could have been a little bit better. You know how we've always discussed. Yeah, ending is important. There's there and there. You know, man, I never agreed with that aspect. I've always said if the whole movie is solid, you can forgive the ending. And the whole movie is solid, but the ending for me took me so out of it. It was like getting that bill, and I'm like, was it really worth the price? You know, not the not. I mean, the movie doesn't cost us anything. If I'm gonna run with your metaphor, I'd say it's like getting the bill and being like, it's only. $80? $80? Yeah. I wonder what we just ate. Right. What was in that? But I liked it. I liked yeah, that it was 80 bucks cuz I'll be like, like you, "Hey, I got a deal." You felt like you got a deal. I felt like it wasn't worth it. And that's what the thing is. So there's nothing wrong realistically. You're cheap, bro. Yeah, I'm not cheap. I it's not the cheap. No, 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 no. not the financial aspect. You know? <laughs> no, no. It's not the money. I will admit that I think that had had there been a moment where they got married and he was freaking out and was like, go, go, go right. in the car. And then he just sat and still didn't say anything. Right. Um, then I would have it would have been much more powerful. Right. In in like the idea of of him having to like hold all of that in still. Yes. This is my only thing is. Wait, is does that the Julia Roberts scene happen before marriage or after? Before. Before. And then wait, and the movie ends. What's the last scene? Um, I think the very last scene is them in the car. The very last scene is them in the car, but then they bring up uh they bring up Chuck Barris. Oh, yeah. Like the old right. like old man Chuck Barris. Yeah. He's still alive. Uh I think he's still alive now. Mm, um, he is. And it's it's just the I don't know, if they made it seem like he was more haunted by his demons than the way that they kind of like, all right, well, you know, I killed people and she well, just no, kinda no. laughs think, it off. I think that what it comes down to is and what what they were trying to say with that last scene and mm. show was that the way that the way that um mm-hmm. the way that they constructed him falling in love yeah. and him deciding that he was going to settle down right. and be with this woman mm. was that that last moment was him finally having uh having somebody who he felt would understand and love him no matter what 
Right. That he could sit down and he could go, I have this terrible secret that has been killing me inside mm-hmm. forever that I've never known how to deal with. And I do, I've never felt like anybody loved me enough that right. they would ever deal with that. Mm-hmm. I'm now married to you. I'm sitting with you. And I have to tell you this thing. Penny, whether, I want you to read this. <laughs> yeah. Whether people, well, no, no, but whether people were at the, like, actually there at his wedding or whether he was just being paranoid about it. It right. was like his it was like I finally decided to settle down. I finally decided to have this moment and have this person that I could spend the rest of my life with. And if I don't tell her about these demons who are chasing me mm. from my past, then I'm not going to be able to live with myself. Yeah, but then uh, you know, it's I know the movie circles around him, but it's like you know, her reaction to it, she laughs it off, which is appropriate in that scene, but then it's like you know, it, it, then he writes this unauthorized autobiography, and it's like, yo, I mean, like, doesn't I want to see the aspect where she finally goes, you know, you are nuts, you're out of your damn mind. Yeah, but she was like some crazy ditzy lover. Yeah, but girl. I mean, in real life, he if she does, they do get a divorce, and his you yeah, know, we're not talking about right. That, I know, I know, but it, it's like that's what I'm saying. Like the end just takes me out of it in a way where I'm not so sold on the movie where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is worth it. But you were enjoying the movie up until then. Right, right, I was. So guys, watch the first two hours of this movie (laughs) if you think Casey's right. I got two questions for you guys. We're going to wrap up in a second, but I got two. Just hit them real quick. Right. One, do you think that mom issues really do lead to everything? Like, is your entire life in person, you know, you think it's that heavy for the mom? And the second thing is, well, this is a, kind of a two-parter. Is he a bad dude for putting this stuff on TV? I'm talking about the Gong Show because he gets—he's at the Playboy Mansion. He follows this beautiful girl, and then she takes out his soul by just telling him like he's a yeah. bad person, right? Not for killing people. She has no idea who this guy is. No, you put this stuff on television, polluting the masses. You know, you're you're exposing people. You're embarrassing them. They're still yeah. people. You know, right. and this se- this seems to get to him way more. Yes. Than, than these demons of killing. Well, that killing, cuts you know to I mean? that cuts to his day to day core. Yeah, that's what because he is that's a nice guy a and he wants to entertain people. He yeah. likes his job. Yeah, but then Do you he think he's also a kills thirty three people. So it's like, how nice of a guy can he really be? You don't. Do you think? Do you think Chuck Barris is a bad dude? If he was working for the CIA as an assassin for yeah. for love of country, for yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. That's the thing. Imagine it's, all thirty three people had it coming. I I don't. I mean, who are we to really decide that a person should be killed? You know, even that aspect to me is always like a thing that's kind of questionable. Like, are like yes, a person's a monster; they're terrible. But it's in in other places, in other world, in other parts of the world, they you know they only give you jail for twenty one years if you've murdered somebody, and then they the goal is to get you uh, back to being a productive member of society, not like you're completely lost. So I don't know. I'm kind of lost on that aspect. Okay, I'm just gonna. I want to ask you this question about the killing people thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't know whether he's good or bad for killing 33 people, but you're totally down with Noah being a part of killing the entirety of humanity. It's That's a biblical story. That's a different... Like, <laughs> I'd different be giving you so much less crap if you hadn't given Noah a stream. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But I understand, this one... I understand that, but to me, Noah is kind of cool. Like, this is a, a blockbuster. It's, okay. It, it's, you can't no, no, force no, 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 it no. into the blockbuster <laughs> no, no, no. section. I, under, I understand what you're saying. I... To to answer Dennis's question, from yeah. What my do you think, Stephen? When it comes to the when it comes to the mother thing, none of us can answer that. No, by the way. It's difficult. oh, I know. I just yeah. you know. What do you think? Though? I don't. I don't think so. But I do think that the way that people are the way that people are nurtured throughout their their like young life, mm-hmm. not by not just by their parents, but by society as a whole. So that's including like his teenage years, right. his you know young adult, like eighteen to twenty five mm-hmm. or whatever years. I think that that informs on on how people react later in life 
uh, much more specifically. You know, actually, screw that. I changed my opinion on that. I think that when stream it, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that. I think that when you are raised in that aspect, it does. I mean, think about people now. They go to therapy because of their of how they were raised, and these are minor issues. You know, it's like, oh, like my dad was this or my mom was that. I think about my life and how like my parental, my upbringing causes a lot of, uh, you know, it, it has a huge influence as to who I am now. Yeah. So for this kind of neglect or this kind of like disregard for him as a human being from an early age to cause him to disconnect and not really feel all that much remorse for killing people, then yes, I think those issues do cause somebody to become, uh, you know, to, you know, become who they are. So, yeah. Well, and to... To to go with your second question of is he a bad person for the for like the TV that he created yeah um which is you know it's it's a it's a model we still see today with American Idol even though you know that's coming off the air but yeah I think a huge part of shows nowadays is exposing people's idiocy and you know embarrassing them essentially no yeah and I think that like things like the Gong Show they they weren't it it I think that. Things like the Gong Show are more of a reflection of society as a whole than they are as being like, I don't think that the way that TV works, if people watch it, it stays on the air. There's a reason that American Idol has gone for like 16 seasons or whatever. And so to me, it's not a matter of that he created television that was that he wasn't polluting the airwaves. He put out something and society accepted it enough and loved it enough that they polluted the airwaves. It just lets us know that we're um, like our own vices, if exploited, can be exploited. You know what I mean? If yeah. we, we allow this kind of stuff to happen. So it's really like, all right, well, they're playing on this kind of thing. And these are like primal things that in, in a way we do enjoy. So it's sort of like this is like. Uh, you know, like American Idol and the Gong Show, these kinds of things are our new um, coliseum, our new, you know, place like that. Our new arc? No, it's not our new <laughs> arc. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, but that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Okay, so final thoughts. Steven, you're going to stick with the stream it. Right? I'm definitely going to sit between, I, I would almost say stream it for the cinematography of this movie, but yeah, the right. cinematography, the directing, the acting. Which, you know, I'll, some people said, I, I read gorgeous. somewhere that some people. Gave Clooney criticism for being. Uh, he basically just drew from the Cohen brothers and Steven Soderbergh, who mm-hmm. he, who he'd work with. Well, follow your masters, man. But you know, yeah. what? Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, everyone's ripping off someone. Right. You might as well rip off the well, best. Well, and also you know? he did a he did an amazing job throughout the movie of like, as it progressed, the style changed. So there was this thing that was like, this is what the 50s looked like when it was on film. Yeah. And this is what the 60s looked like when it was on film. And this is what the 70s looked like when it was on and film. And you had cold New York City, changed to sunny California. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and so like the textures and everything like that that he used and that he and the way that he directed that, I thought was, was one of the more brilliant kind of aspects of it. It, it also set a time period for any of the flashbacks where the moment that the style changed for a flashback, you understood exactly where you were. Right. right. The, uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, for a director or directorial debut it was fantastic the cinematography was the ci- you like the cinematography <laughs> yeah, the the cinematography cinematography yeah. yeah the direct all right <laughs> so i'm gonna stick with streaming casey no chance of a change of mind no chance of a change of mind fantastic okay. movie you're a all terrible right. person right well you know horrible dude man. right okay uh check us out on uh flicksbookclub.com also Find us on and Twitter. what's our what's our movie for next week what's our movie for next week i'm excited to know what the you're pick for next week is uh I'm I'm torn between. All right, here's the pick for next week: uh, the bounty. 
The Bounty? What's The Bounty. I know, right? What's that movie? I think it's got like Anthony Hopkins, Liam Neeson, Mel Gibson, a bunch of like heavy hitters. Right. And it's in 84 and someone told me it's amazing. A lot of heavy hitters. Now but here's the thing. Swinging. Just a quick disclaimer to the audience though because I'm a little unprepared. This was streaming last week. If In case it's not streaming. We'll watch The Blues Brothers, which I've never seen before, and I know for a fact it's streaming. How but there are so many movies you've never watched. Never seen Blues Brothers, man, and I'm watching, and I want to watch The Bounty over it, right? I've never seen it you've either. You know what? Screw it. No, yeah. screw it. We're watching Blues Brothers. Then. We're going I'm Blues Brothers. My pick. We're going Blues Brothers. Watch The Blues Brothers for next week. I'm sorry, John, my buddy John. We'll watch The Bounty another time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to John. You Shout guys disgust me. All right, everyone, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.